0: Bismillahir Kareem. Amma Alhamdulillah. Tonight is the 21st of February in the year 2023. And inshallah, to spend a session or so discussing the important subject of family. So to start off with one's parents. The mother's love for her child is truly something remarkable. Sayyidah Umkes Bint Mehsan, she relates. My son passed away and I mourn for him. I thereupon said to the one who was doing the ghusl, do not wash him with cold water as he might die. Okasha ibn Mihsan radiya thereupon rushed towards the Prophet sallallahu and informed him of what his sister had said. The Prophet sallallahu he smiled and said, what did she say? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prolong her life. SubhanAllah, we therefore do not know any woman who lived as long as her. SubhanAllah. So this is recorded in Behaki in his Sunan al sugra in the chapter on funerals number 1867. Hafiz ibn Katir in his Irshad al faqih one states Sahih. So Umkes bint Mihsan, her brother is more famous. Her brother was the famous companion Uqasha ibn Mehsan. radiyallahu and he's that companion where the Prophet said, Seventy thousand of my ummah will go to paradise without reckoning. And then he mentioned certain traits that if you got these if you don't have these traits, you will you have a chance of being amongst them. And then Oqasha said, Ya Rasulullah, please make a du'a that I'm one of them. And the Prophet Sallallahu said, You are one of them. Another sa'abi gets up and he goes, Please make a du'a that I'm also one of them. And the Prophet ﷺ said, <laughs> So this is a famous report recorded in Sayyid Bukhari. So it's his sister, Umkes bint Mihsan. So her son passed away. So look at the strange thing she said. She said to the one who was going to wash the body of her son, Don't wash him with cold water as he might die. So has he not already died? <laughs> And the reason was this was the love the mother has. Sometimes they don't think what they're saying. So Okasha, the uncle, he rushes to the prophet and he tells the prophet what his sister had said. And the prophet, how did he respond? Said He smiled. Because what did she say? <laughs> May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prolong her life. Meaning this is her love. But when he said May Allah prolong her life. The report says, We do not know any woman who lived as long as her. Meaning, the dua of the Prophet was answered. So, subhanAllah, how can we ever pay back such love and affection? So, again, the mother's love for the children is something which Allah Talha has placed because of the connection they have. But note again, this pleased the Prophet as well. Abu al-Aswad al-Duali once had a dispute with his wife with regards to their son as to who should take custody and took the matter to the governor of Basra, Ziyad. Abu al-Aswad pleaded with the governor, this is my son. I bore him before she could and I discharged him before she did. His wife said, I agree. However, he bore him when he was light and I bore him when he was heavy. He discharged him in a state of passion. I gave birth to him in pain. The governor then looked at the husband who was speechless and he decided in favor of the Muslim. Recorded by Sheikh Al-Qali Al-Baghdadi in his Al-Amali Fi Lughat Al-Arab Volume 2, page 12. So this is the governor, I think he was the governor of Kufa, his name was Ziyad. His son was the notorious Ubaidullah, Ubaidullah ibn Ziyad, who was, who was the primary reason for the martyrdom of the family of the Prophet Ziyad was, wasn't that much better. But whatever the case, he was the governor, the case was brought to him. And what did the husband say to take charge of the son? Because I bore him before she could and I discharged him before she did. Meaning, he belongs to me first. Because he came from me before he came from the mother. And we are created in a way that I discharged him before she discharged him. So the wife agreed. But her response was amazing. She said he bore him when he was light. You know, even if you ask... if you ask the father how you were coping with carrying your children, it'd be a stupid question. You know, why are you asking me that question? Because what you carry the children. He goes, What do you mean I carry the children? We don't ask the fathers that so she said he bore him when he was light. I bore him when he was heavy. In other words, there's a difference. Then she said, He discharged him in passion. I gave birth to him in pain. Because then the governor looked at the husband to say you know any response <laughs> husband just lowered his head he goes mother takes the child <laughs> so why have I mentioned this here <laughs> because even though this is an incident that took place isn't it true everything that, that the mother was saying <laughs> Such indeed is the sunnah of almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. namely the father has no pain whatsoever in carrying his destined children And when they leave his body rather than feeling pain on the contrary he experiences immense pleasure while subhanallah the mother of the child eventually carries her children with heaviness toil and pain and they also leave her body usually with toil and pain and this is leaving aside the weaning period thereafter it is thus no wonder she has been given such immense rights by the almighty and glorious so people created this, because why has the mother got so much right? And the response is, you don't need to be a brain surgeon to work it out. Just think. Uh, everything that I've mentioned here is part and parcel of why they were given these immense rights by Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what's shocking, after all that pain, you think they'll have hated for you. You know, so the logical response is, because of you I went through pain, because of you I've lost my figure. But do the, doesn't the mother ever say that to the child? Right, why because Allah placed something inside their hearts, and you can only, you know, like the scholars say, you can dream on what the woman goes to when she's giving birth, you got no idea. No, somebody goes, As a man, can you appreciate what the mother goes to when she's giving birth? And obviously, you'll get some eloquent people saying, Well, no, you got no idea. This is something that only females go through, and that is part and parcel of what Allah is doing to secure the bond between the mother and child. So returning to the initial report, maybe it was the same son who passed away of this noble woman about whom we have the following famous report. Say Um case. Bint. Mihsan anh, He relates. I brought to Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam a son of mine who had not eaten food. He was still breastfeeding. He thereupon placed him on his lap. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and Subhanallah. My son urinated on his garment. He said Allah thereupon requested water and simply sprayed, sprinkled over his garment without washing it. This is in Sahih Bukhari, number two hundred and twenty three, five thousand six hundred and ninety-three. Sayyid Muslim number two hundred and eighty-seven. So now what's the first report I mentioned? Remember, I mentioned that Um Kes bin mihsan her son away. And she made that very you know amazing statement. Do not wash him with cold water as he might die. Maybe this is the same son because she's narrating the incident. This is my son. But Allah no, knows best. So the Prophet took the child mm-hmm. and <laughs> children obviously they don't know any better. He urinates on the Prophet. Mm-hmm. So what did the Prophet وسلم, do? He just asked for some water and he sprinkled water over the urine. Mm-hmm. You know, wash it. Mm-hmm. Clarifying further. Ali, he relates that our beloved messenger said, وسلم, The urine of a breastfed male baby is sprayed, sprinkled. Whilst the your line of a breastfed female baby is washed. This is in Abu Dawood Ahmad and Uddis. Shaykh Al Bayan Ahmad Allah states in his ilwa Al Ghali, number 166. So this is a command. So like I said, we don't need to go into wisdom. Logically, why is there a difference between the urine of a male innocent child and a female innocent child? Logically, you think, why Why, why is there a difference? Allah, Allah knows best. If the male child, before he's ate anything solid, if he's still breastfeeding, urine is, falls on you, you can spray water, sprinkle water, that's enough to cure the, purify the garment. But if it's a female you need to wash it and the Sahih hadith explains that so out of interest why is this command here so let's look at what the scholars of old first said so this is when science wasn't that developed so Hafiz Ibn Hajar Askalani he said in Fattal Bari 1-391 some scholars explain that the wisdom behind this disparity is that the male infants are generally shown outward affection and cradle more often. They also soil themselves more often. Thus it will be difficult for people to wash their clothes completely each time they are stained by urine. The rules were thus relaxed to ease this burden. The female infant does not share the same popularity, so this concession is not given. So what's interesting is there any science in this? No. <laughs> so Hafiz Ibn he said, ulama have said, maybe because, you know, you should show equality. But people are, you know, unfortunately show more affection towards sons. And he goes, maybe because they pick up sons more and they seem to urine, urinate more than the females. Maybe because of that, Allah has said, sprinkle. Imam Nauwi mentioned in his Al-Majmu 2-590, that other scholars interpret the disparity as being linked to the creation of Adam. Why? Adam is of the same gender, والسلام, and being created from sand, which is inherently pure, the male's infant urine is milder than that of the female. As Hawar was created from flesh and blood, thus there arises a difference between the urine of the two infants. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. So Imam, Nawawi, he goes back to Adam. <laughs> so Adam was created from pure, pure things. Clay, sand, you know, whatever you look at, it was pure water. Our grandmother Hawa, she was created from Adam, his rib. So what is the function of the bone? The bone marrow produces blood. So she was created from, Flesh and blood. Blood is an impurity. So Imam Nauwi said, maybe that's the reason. If a female child urinates, there's an impurity in it. And when a male child urinates, there's no impurity. Or not as much. So this is the old commentaries of this hadith. But now what have they discovered? This is the beauty of Islam. Revelation has got the answer. The scholars don't necessarily have the answers. They're trying their best. But they've discovered something. Some very informative research on this was presented during the 8th International Conference for the Scientific Miracles of the Quran and Sunnah in Kuwait 2006. It mentions some recent studies indicate there is indeed a chemical difference between the two urines. The urine of a female baby contains ninety percent more bacteria than a male baby's when both are in their first few months of life. So, so coming to the twenty-first century, and look how interesting—we're not even aware of these conferences. This was the eighth conference on the scientific miracles of the Quran and Sunnah. So, what's interesting? You know, what are these conferences? Why are they being, you know, distributed on the social media? Because bakwas is distributed on social media. Bob brings your iman? Where's that? So here, this is the eighth international conference. So the scholars were there in Kuwait, and what did they say? So they? Because there is a clear difference between the two urines of the suckling child. The urine of the female contains 90% more bacteria than a male's baby when they are suckling mm. so go back to the hadith mm. what did the Prophet sallallahu alayhi Ghulamir sallam say mm. the line of a breastfed male baby is sprayed. the line of the breastfed female baby is washed Abu Dawud Ahmed Sahih in Irwa'ul Ghali number 166 so again is a Rasulullah and if you mention that as a, to a non-Muslim, surely he would be impressed. He goes, that's very interesting. <laughs> but on the face of it, why is there a difference? They to ask you that. They always fond of asking these questions. Innocent children, one you sprinkle, one you spray, isn't that a bit, you know, one you wash, isn't that a bit uh, disrespectful to uh, the genders? And the response is, well, you do LGBT, so we are asking about that for? But anyway, then you go into it and he goes, look, so how did he know that you reverse it back on them. And then they go, oh, I ain't got time, I'm going to march. With the realm of like. With regards to being blessed with daughters, it is indeed an undeniable fact that they bring cheer and happiness to the hearts of parents. Now think about this. When you are blessed with a daughter, this narration should be the first thing you, you hear. Our mother Sayyida Aisha, Uqba ibn Amr, they both relate that Rasulullah said. For inna hunn ghaliyat do not have a dislike for daughters. For indeed, they are the cheering and dear ones. Subhanallah. This is in Imam Ahmad's Musnad ibn Adi and Shaykh Al Bani Rhamadul states Sahih in As Sahihah number three thousand two hundred six. Has anybody told you that? So obviously, some don't have daughters. And what's interesting, you should actually. Console those fathers and mothers. But what do we do when a person just has sons? You're blessed. Let <laughs> you go, brother, what do you mean he's blessed? Right? And he goes, oh, he's got sons. And he goes, oh, mashallah. Bro. So what, if he had a daughter, wouldn't you say he's blessed? <laughs> and then they'll say, oh, no, I didn't mean that. But what did you mean then? <laughs> so you're promoting jahiliya. So what did the Prophet ﷺ say? He goes, don't have a dislike for daughters, meaning don't have that first in your heart. Then look what he said. Indeed, they are the cheering and dear ones because they uplift you. Daughters uplift you. Did he say the same about sons? It is very informative that when describing children, our loving Lord mentions daughters first. In Surah Al-Shura, Surah 42, verse 49, Allah the Almighty and Glorious, he says, he bestows females upon whom he wills. And he bestows males upon him whom he wills. So stop. What does Allah the Almighty and Glorious say? He mentions first that I bestow females upon whom I will. Then after that, he mentions, Subhanahu wa Ta'ala, I bestow males upon whom I will. Why has he mentioned females first? Some of the ulama were prompted to state that it is therefore preferable to be blessed with a daughter first rather than a son. For as is known through experience, the elder sisters usually look after their younger brothers more than vice versa. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. So those of you who've got both if you're blessed with daughters first, you'll notice they look after their brothers. But if you're blessed with sons first, they do, <laughs> they do, but it's far less. When they get older and a bit wiser, they do it more so. But when they're young, right, change like, oh, you nothing, know, uh, legs it. But the sister straight away, it's like, Whoa, what's happening here? There's maybe one of the blessings, why the elder and also the second mother. You notice, if you've got siblings and the eldest is a is a sister, She's the second mother. And people, you know, the brothers always have respect for their second mother. But if you've got a brother as the oldest, sometimes they say he's more of his head than me. What should I listen to him for? A far cry from the Jahiliya Arabs, whom Allah Talal describes as follows. In Surah al Nahd, Surah 16, verse 58 to 9. When news is brought to one of them of a female, his face darkens and he is filled with inward grief. with shame does he then hide himself from his people due to the bad news he has received? Shall he retain it or bury it in the dust? (laughs) <laughs> ah, what an evil choice they make so what does Allah the Almighty and Glorious say this is the Jahili Arabs when they are given the news that you've been given a daughter his face darkens inwardly he's killing he's dying then he's thinking how can I show my face to the people then he then thinks shall I bury her or get rid of her And then Allah says, "Allah sawama yahkumun." Ah, what an evil choice they decide. So now, what's shocking? This still pervades, obviously, amongst non-Muslims in the Hindu society, but also amongst Muslims. In fact, and that other Jahiliya thing that takes place: if your wife starts giving you daughters, the ignorant husband starts thinking there's something wrong with the wife. Because if you give me another daughter, I'm going to divorce you or marry another one. And the response to that is that shows how stupid you are. Because the gender of the child is determined by the father, not the mother, the father. So if anybody's going to swap the model, it's your wife. She should say to her husband, hang on a minute, I want a son. And you are only producing daughters. Scientifically, I'm right. So you better get on with it. But when do you hear that? So note again, this is all jahiliya whether it's a girl or a boy, as long as Allah Allah blesses them, that's the main thing. When one is blessed with a child, it is very important to show gratitude. And even in this, Allah the Almighty and Glorious has given us guidelines, which I'll mention in the next few sessions, inshallah. So all I mentioned today was basically a few reports with regards to our parents. And notice when it comes to the mother, she has the elevated station because of the love that Allah has placed in her heart. So it's very important to highlight. In Ibn Majah, the Prophet said, your father has more rights than your mother, than your mother, than your mother. He actually reversed it once. Because usually you get the famous hadith: your mother, your mother, your mother, then your father. In Bukhari and muslim In Ibn Majah, it goes, your father. Then he said, your mother, your mother, your mother. So the scholars explain, because the reason the Prophet did this, and Allah knows best, is that you don't disrespect your father. But maybe it refers to the fact that you show love, more love to your mother, and you show more uh, obedience to your your father, i.e. veneration in terms of listening and obedience. Allah Allah knows best. Are there any questions? Let us ask so, we have to اللهم that to say that to say that we have to to say that we have 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 to say that we